Guys, this is the Agent Podcast. I'm your host Oliver Courtney, and today I have Connor. He's on his own today, though. Yes, Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf. No Brandon, but I think <laughs> no. in the future this week we'll be having you on with Brandon. Um, so Connor and I will be talking about pitch decks for startup businesses and also for sort of uh, competitions. So Connor, you've had a lot of experience with competitions, haven't you? Especially with uni. Yeah, that's right. So in my academic journey, I've undertaken a few competitions for the likes of uh, Credit Suisse, uh, Deutsche Bank. ICAW and Fidelity, all of which I've managed to gain like a sort of top place uh, within the competition. So yeah, yeah no, I'd, I'd say I, I'd say I've got quite a bit of knowledge. Some big the names subject. there, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, no. Of and uh, I myself have used pitch decks, um, never for investment, but for securing partnerships, which actually have saved me a lot of money. Um, you know, for because obviously you're sharing resources with partnerships, so uh, almost like investments. Uh, for partnerships so be sure to check out our website ourgen.co.uk ourgen.co.uk and and guess what connor go on free membership it's that simple beautiful yeah, stuff. That, yeah. that simple uh, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're making those first steps towards success you're investing in yourself uh make a free account on our website get lots of good uh, content on there things like our podcast newsletters forum pages so keep learning get earning and enjoy all right connor so pitch decks now i think we should start with the structure because a lot of people sort of overlook the structure of things and and how to actually go from a to b from some start to finish of the pitch deck so what would you say are like the key sort of slides in the pitch deck especially for winning a competition as well mm. well i always i always kind of opt for this situation problem resolution mm. framework it kind of if you can paint the picture and say the problems of it it almost kind of makes your solution look better than it already is um, it kind of yeah makes that sure as the need for it um, yeah, yeah. and i mean with my competitions i've always kind of gone for this like same framework situation problem resolution and i've experienced quite a lot of success of it i remember there was one time uh, in my first semester uh, University of Manchester when I undertook the uh, competition for Credit Suisse and I didn't use this framework and my presentation was a bit all over the place so I think mm. it is good to have a structure I didn't manage to get any top place then but then incorporating that framework in the next semester I got a third place out of all the teams which was pretty right, good so I think pretty, a good, yeah, stru- yeah, a good structure is uh, nice. It's interesting you say that because with, with a lot of these things like new things especially with pitch decks especially at our age so at 1920 is that practice will make perfect you know like you said there you learn from your mistakes from not adapting a, a certain model so the situation problem and resolution so yeah what you're doing there just break that down into those three steps so for example uh we may be so a situation is painting the current picture so for example you and i are in a zoom meeting right now but we may not yeah, have yeah, yeah. And the, pro- the problem is is that we might not have a a platform to do so on with uh, with ease so then we come mm. with our solution and that's the situation we're here. The problem is we don't have a platform in the situation. Uh, sorry, the, pro- the resolution is that we've now got this solution we've created over the past X amount of months, which is going to solve this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, okay. it almost creates like a need for it. It creates demand for it. And, so you're you know, focusing on that pain that the customer experiences and obviously with the pain, you, you're solving that. And obviously that's where the money's at. That's how you exactly. get business. Exactly. And awesome. that's the concept of any entrepreneurial venture. Yeah, definitely. You've got to solve a problem. If you don't do that, then okay. So that sort of method of situation problem, and then presenting your resolution, which is obviously the solution, yeah. is the one to move forward with. And and I think linked to that, um, obviously 
if you're solving a problem, a need, then obviously there's money, there's money to be made. And I think with the business model, um, especially, you need to make that very, very clear, something very, very simple. I, th- I remember Airbnb, uh, there's, a, there's a website called Slidebean, I think, something like that. And um, mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they have loads of famous companies like um, Airbnb, Facebook, and all their original pitch decks. Yeah, and you should see how simple Airbnb's business model is. Yeah, uh, it's literally like this is the amount of customers in the market, and we take X percentage. This is what we charge per month yeah. or whatever, and that's the revenue. And keep it really simple because a lot exactly. of people complicate it. I think. I think people. I think people do because I think. Quite a lot of the time, people think because they're speaking to big names, they need to make it really fancy. But I think stripping yeah. it back down to its basics is is really good. And simple graphical representations um, yeah. are really good for demonstrating that sort of stuff. Data visualisation. I mean, you know I want to go into data analytics for an older. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah. I think data visualisation is a key part to that. Uh, displaying your information in graphs and not over-exaggerating either. So just make yeah, sure Yeah, definitely. I think there's two, there's two parts to that. There's, a, there's not over-exaggerating you as a solution. Obviously, we mentioned that with the situation problem resolution yeah. is, is not making yourself this glorified, like, over the top. Because obviously, you're going to be biased towards your own thing, right? Precisely. Uh, so you've got to downplay yourself. But secondly, you've got to keep it simple because I think, actually, I mean, this is kind of a sweeping statement here, but a lot of these big investors, especially the individuals that, sort of in the news and, and, and who I look at, they're not like amazingly academic or, you know, no. graduate first degree, you know, these, most of the guys are dropouts or they've got that business acumen, which is oh, different. Of course, yeah. yeah. They, so they don't want to look at complicated graphs and that's not their job. Their job is to no. go, right, I like it, simple, done. You mentioned before as well, by not being too complicated or too like glorifying yourself. And my mm. course director had this uh, phrase where he said, don't try and boil the ocean. I remember last <laughs> yeah. year uh, I took part in a the, the competition for Deutsche Bank and unfortunately our idea didn't make like the top five but the company the businesses which did they were hitting a sort of like niche they weren't yeah. trying to get the whole world involved in one project they were targeting a specific sector and they used I watched their presentations they painted out the situation for these people the problems that these people were facing and then brought in their solution and thought, you know, there's, there's, that's how we're going to get them back on top. No, I love that. I think, um, well, obviously Connor and I, we were doing a recruit room, which was a small uh, iOS application project. And when we were making the pitch deck for uh, local government, you know, to get funding um, throughout that process, we went from, so basically it was recruiting everyone from a young age and we whittled it down in, in that niche. And we, we went, I think it was apprenticeships, which was obviously a niche right, area. Yeah. And this yeah. is the thing that you've got to focus on uh, for those listeners out there, is that if you've got a business and you want to get investment or partnerships, just start small, start niche, nail that, get it out there, be one of the top, be amongst your competitors, and then you can start to explore different avenues. Uh, it's like Amazon. I think they're, aren't they making like a, a plane service and they're doing groceries yeah. and they're doing all sorts of stuff. Exactly. And what, Jeff started off in his little office selling yeah, books. books and, in his mum's garage or something. Precisely. Yeah. And I come to think of it like, I watched uh, The Social Network the other day, another film on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were just creating that for, you know, Harvard at first. And then they started rolling out further. And I think all these big examples of companies uh, kicking off, they always start off small and then expand the way. You know, Apple are, doing, Apple are doing cars by 2024. Yeah, you know? exactly. Who would have thought that? So yeah. they always start off small and go out big. So like we said, don't boil the ocean. 
Keep it small, uh, keep, keep it, it niche, and then yeah. you can then you can grow. Yeah, especially those competitions as well. Like you exactly. said, the, those who won it were, were those who stuck to one thing. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I think especially sort of linked to that, um, I mean, depending on what type of business it is, you, whoever you're presenting it to, that, that can form another part of it. So, for example, if you're presenting it to an investor purely in it for a business investment, they need to see the full picture and they, you know, and they, they have no sort of personal relationship to it. So for example, uh, it could be apprenticeship software. Well, they don't want to be an apprentice, right? No. Nope. Then if it's someone who is like a, a school, for example, and you're trying to get them as a partnership, they can relate to that physically. So if you identify your business niche and you can relate that to your audience, then you'll create that further connection, that deeper connection and make it personal. So I think if you yeah. make things personal and you, and you tell the story, they get involved in it and then they can't get away from it. They love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do you think to that in terms of personalization? Because I think it's a lot of people just make a generic pitch deck. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I started at Recruit Room, um, I came in with, you know, all guns blazing with my, uh, I've been presented to banks. So I came with this uh, rigorous structure, you know, set in stone. And, you know, you, you kind of told me, you know, we're hitting like a different audience here because when I was presenting for like the likes of Fidelity, that was for uh, investment purposes. You know, there's cash mm. prize involved. They were looking for people to work with them. And that, we had to have like financials, cash flow statements, you know, projections. Whereas when we came in looking to go for the public sector, we needed to like kind of showcase the benefit to the people. What do they like? You got to think. What do they want out of it? Yeah. The government are there for the people, the public. They're not too much. They're not too caught up on the the financial side of it. You know, is this going to benefit uh, the community? Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think uh, you have got to tailor. Um, you sort of thing. I remember. For, this is, sounds really uh, just a, a little thing, but I remember for our Credit Swiss competition. Uh, I kind of I put the Credit Swiss logo in the top. Uh, left of each of our slides it kind of made it kind of iterated that it's like their product this could be their product yeah and you gotta Um, paint that picture i mean i was developing one similar to that um i was developing a concept software for manchester city football club and um what we had to do is break down their brand and then sort of sell and obviously when you're selling this type of product because it's a big thing like credit swiss you've got to paint the picture of like they could actually use this and it's theirs and rather yeah. than putting your own logo on or your own face on it, you've got to mask it, but in the right way. Yeah. Make sure you don't like break any uh, laws or anything or <laughs> yeah. copyright or anything. Of course, yeah. You watch your cash flow down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, making that personal, like using the color scheme or exactly, the yeah. Font, it, it, it's kind it of psychological that. things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and onto design as well. You've got. Um, you've got a lot of these slides now which are just way over complicated like mm. animations fancy uh what's that morph thing yeah, oh um, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the morph transmission the you morph. watch all your elements kind of well the origami one. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. And it kind of looks like a year eight presentation yeah you don't want project. that do you? you don't want no, that in your picture 100 not and i'll tell you I'll, I'll walk you through a personal experience actually Back to credit. I sound like a broke, broken record, but back to credit. No, Swiss. no, it's a good experience. Uh, yeah, back to credit Swiss. I had loads of animations coming up because um, it was done virtually in the second semester. Yeah. Uh, I had loads of animations and I was in control of that. And um, I think I missed one of them. And the script just didn't make sense with the animations that were coming through. And uh, <laughs> me and Brandon always laugh because we always say that it's like a one man band. You're trying to control the arrows on your keyboard. You're trying to read from a script. You're trying to make eye contact with the camera. So don't make it too 
uh, confusing for yourself. Yeah, don't stress yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, simple yeah, animations yeah. work well. The slides should be concise enough so that the user, the, the uh, audience can get the information, but not confusing that it just overwhelms them. Yeah, because then you'll distract them from the content and everything. It was interesting Precisely. that you said um, you presented it virtually. I mean, especially during these current times, oh, yeah, um, it's, times. that's difficult. And even back in the good old days a year ago when, when you could present it in person, <laughs> it's really important that you have like an assisting document with, with your pitch deck because... For example, if you're sending it to a group of investors or if you're seed funding, for example, then you're going to be sending it to a lot of people and they might not necessarily be able to attend. Mm -hmm. Now, if they've just got an 11-slide pitch deck, then there's not a lot of content on there necessarily and they'll have lots of questions. So if you send them up with a follow-up follow PDF document, maybe two or three mm -hmm. pages, explaining each slide or whatever it is, um, that will sort of give them more support if they need it. Um, and it's likewise, if you're presenting it in person, um, it's always a nice finishing touch to have your presentation, get questions, whatever, and then just hand them a really nice branded document, which just gives them a bit more detail, maybe your market research, whatever it is. And it just makes it a bit more personal. It's something they can hold and they can remember as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, like, we, I, I kind of relate to this on an academic level when I've not attended lectures. <laughs> and then you just go to view the slide deck. You don't get all the information as if you were there actually in the lecture hall being taught by the That's teachers. a very a good analogy. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of things which is left out of the slide deck just to make it simple. And you know, we'd be contradictory if we said, you know, make it concise, but then don't follow up with a yeah, follow up document. Yeah. So I think a lot of the information like the financials, which is long, you know, there's all these sort of um different sort of financial information that you need to give to an investor because they obviously want an a return on their investment yeah definitely yeah. and but you can't flood your slides of all that it's too much like i said it distracts you away from the uh, actual the point, point the actual content yeah. yeah the actual product um i mean with that with the financials it's it's really important that you you need to demonstrate that the numbers are correct because at the end of the day especially for investors um I mean, I don't know about competitions. We'll get onto that later. But mm. for investors, especially, they speak numbers and or they'll get someone to speak numbers for them. But that's all they care about. So you need to things like profit and loss statement, for example, uh, sort of like a projection. Yeah. Um, realistic figures on your market size, because a danger and a trap that a lot of people fall into is, OK, there are a million users in the UK for my product. Well, if we just get one percent, then we'll be all singing or dancing. And yeah, it's a very dangerous chapter to fall into. Oh, it is, it is. And when I was at Fidelity, I went down to the invited us down to London to uh, present, mm -hmm. and I watched these uh, three. I watched these four teams before us um, project their costs, and they were say some of them were saying like the cost of free development free developers was say, like 75 grand yeah and i remember yeah. one of the comments that one of the employees made if you can get me free developers for 75 grand i'll rip your hand off right now <laughs> but that like uh inaccuracy of developer cost and you like I said cost projections and stuff could really set you back and make yeah. the audience lose confidence in you if you don't know what you're talking about especially if there's no you know, like like gentlemen oh, there yeah, if they're, yeah, if they're yeah, in yeah. the industry and they have a lot of experience in recruiting developers or you know they've dealt with stuff like this before they're gonna they're gonna call you out straight away 100 percent, yeah and if you're gonna think of trying blagging it you know just to make you look good it's de yeah. definitely a bad oh, no. decision to make it's yeah. better off being honest and like okay this is going to cost a lot mm -hmm. you know than, than lying because you also break down that trust barrier and exactly i think that a pitch deck 
it's not necessarily the idea. It, it, obviously it is, but especially in competitions, but it's, it's more really to do with the person and, and the trust that you, that you can yeah. create with the audience, for example. I mean, if you had an amazing idea, but it was a bit sleazy, the presentation was a bit off and it, the group or the team were very untrustworthy, you're not going to give them 150 grand investment. You know, it, you've got to be trustworthy. And I think part of the pitch deck throughout the entire theme of it from start to finish, uh, even after delivery, is you need to sell yourself and your team. And uh, I mean, we spoke about this for recruit room with the pitch deck start or the big, uh, at the end. Oh but yeah, think, <laughs> putting <laughs> do, it at the yeah. start at the do end. Do we put our faces at the start at the end? I don't know. I've never seen a team at the start. Really. I mean, I haven't seen it much. No. So I just thought I'd catch people out with it. That's yeah. the tactic there. But, I always um, like to uh, put it at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You kind of. I think. I think once you've had this great idea, you pitch this great idea. And then you introduce yourself. You kind of remembered more than saying right at the start, oh, I'm Connor. Then by the end of it, they forget it. You know? the hell are so, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it works both ways because you've had a really bad, bad idea. They'll probably never forget your face if they yeah. forget <laughs> your face at the end. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, so it's, it's really important to, to create that personal connection and putting a picture of yourself. Um, yeah. It, it makes it more personal, especially virtual stuff as well, obviously. Oh, 100%. Um, in fact, Connor and I, we've never actually met in person, have we? We have not, but no. We've known no. each other for like eight months or something like that. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. It's, it's been a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the, the trustworthiness of that, you, you've got to make it, especially during these times. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and also the, the proposal. I mean, what, what's it like with competitions? Because I haven't done any at all, actually. So well, is it... Do you have to like present? You go through a stage, and then you have to do a proposal. Like what's well? This? Usually, what happens is that a company will advertise on a website. Okay, there's a competition, and I'll I'll just use Fidelity uh, International yeah, yeah. as a uh, as an example. They posted this competition called FinTech for Good, and they gave you like a project brief and said, "We want people from Russell Group universities to create a fintech solution, which also hits societal need." So then they gave us an initial application process and said. How does your idea hit a societal need? Mm. What are your sales projections for this? And like it was nine fields and you filled that all in. It was kind of like a, a business model broke down into certain uh, just fields. That you you just have to in. fill it in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they assessed it and went, you know what? This actually sounds like it could go somewhere. And then they invited us down to London, uh, the top five teams down to London to then present. Oh, okay. uh, that was quite a unique one. Um Divide us down to London, and then we presented, uh, and then the winners got like I think a thousand pound each or something. But then they also got like a possible partnership with Fidelity, and you know, like, a, like people on an advisory board, etc. Okay, so they so were you've got people to work with. You got the financial side, and you got the support. Yeah, as well. precisely. But that was very different from one that I did for Deutsche Bank, and that was a consult like a consulting one. They kind of gave you this project brief of here's a company, here's the financial statements how could they improve uh, profitability over the next coming months? Because they've just closed for two months. How could they increase profitability coming mm. back? So then we had to create slide decks and video pictures for that. So it really does vary. There was never really sort of that project proposal side of it, but we weren't look, they weren't really looking to invest into an idea. That yeah, kinda... yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's it, these competitions then, it's not necessarily idea-based. It's more to do with just the, the a solution, um, precisely that, that you need to produce i think a good thing though is that getting in competitions with these big companies also helps networking 
Mm-hmm. Now, when I was applying for placements and stuff, uh, I could reach out to people that had watched me do the competition at Fidelity and go, can I use a referral code, etc." When uh, I did my Credit Suisse one, the head of IT at Credit Suisse, he messaged me and gave me, you know, uh, some congratulations. And then I've got that name now in, in my bank, in my network, uh, then yeah, to go good. out. And, uh, you know, they always say it's, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Oh, and doing these, doing these sort of competitions, managed to get my name out there. Uh, get some connections in the field people who'd watched the competitions at university they i'd known them so i could message them so i mean with, so those who are listening now especially at university that i mean universities really push these sort of projects and stuff even if you're not business minded and you just want to focus on a really good career i think that it's very very important to to enter yourself in these competitions give yourself a go you know just give it a go yeah. um you know Obviously, Connor, you've just mentioned there that it's not always business startup ideas. It is no. other other wider areas. And and like you said, you've got the networking, you've got the skills that you have, which is communication, presentation. Oh, my public speaking has never been as good yeah, as it is today, amazing. you know. So, um, yeah, just being able to have that opportunity to present in front of 30, 40 people, whether that be virtually or in person, can really improve your confidence, uh, which is key for uh, putting yourself out there. Like you said, quite a lot of people invest in the person rather than the idea. And being public, being confident, uh, that can help someone invest in you. 100%. And, and, and when you're sat in that interview room with, you know, with your dream career, uh, employer, for example, you know, being able to communicate with that person is very, very important. It's not necessarily, you know, like what you know, it's how you come across as well. Yeah, so, um, 100%. Yeah, I think the, this is a great exercise to do. And especially for the partnership side, I mean, the process behind that is is similar in the sense of, you're trying to not necessarily selling the idea or whatever you've come up with. It's more of the solution, which helps both parties. So Getting them on for example, board. with Deutsche Bank, they had a, like, you know, they had a problem with the, was it Deutsche Bank with the bank financial statements? Uh, no, that was, yeah, yeah, no, I was right. I was yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, so obviously it wasn't like an idea. You just had to come up with solutions to make it work for the business. And precisely, um, you know, a couple of partnerships that I've been through, it's like, I, who, why would they want to spend their time and resources with me and why would I want to give them to them and what you've got to do is you've got to have work this sort of middle ground yeah, uh, it helps benefit. both parties yeah yeah and in order to do that you've got to you've got to communicate and you've got to present like ideas which are not like forceful always you it, it's got to give and take and it's similar to like the branding you know the Credit Swiss top right yeah, corner 100% yeah, it, you've got to blend in yeah exactly and it's kind of like you're already here. You're already there. The mm. idea has already been implemented. It's kind of like, I'm already here now. <laughs> it's like five Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. brilliant. So for those out there who haven't started a competition or or even started pitch decks or anything, Connor, what would you say? Bear in mind, you've done a good three or four now. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Number one piece of advice when they're going to do their first one. Their first one. Well, I'd say assess the audience. What are they looking out for? Mm. Um I think I'd say you've got to get your pitch deck on point. And this is what this podcast is for. You've got to make sure that it's, you've got to make sure that it stands out from the crowd. Um, get everything right. Get information correct. Have realistic. Double check stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Have realistic pro, uh, project, uh, projections. If it's for like an investment sort of thing, uh, investment sort of uh, style meeting. But yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, say get, yeah. make sure you get everything right. Uh, make sure that pitch deck's on point and be confident in everything you're saying because you know it's right. Yeah, definitely. And this is another thing is, and I think for me, the most important is is being confident, but for the right reasons in the sense of you know that it's you presenting it, you know it's right. 
and you, you've got that passion mm-hmm. to, to really deliver it because if you don't have that passion you might as well quit from step one 100 you know? there's no point wasting time if you don't have the passion um yeah brilliant okay I, well I think, uh well, oh, just on. one more thing I yeah, think go uh, on. one of the hardest parts of doing a competition is get yourself on board initially i had this like mindset i think a lot of people have this mindset where it's like oh a competition you know these people must be really good who are doing yeah, it yeah, yeah. um and you know taking that first step is like one of the hardest steps you'll take i wouldn't have thought at the start that i would have reached top four uh, fourth place in the uk for one of the biggest investment banks yeah uh, big, big in the world literally and just taking that first step you'll realize by taking that first step you're already in the top five percent, like you are here, uh, yeah, quite a lot of people. Ninety-five yeah. percent of people just don't even click on the link by taking no. that step. You're already in the top five percent. That brings me right back to our gen. We're already here, top five percent, taking these first steps towards uh, creating our own businesses, pitching these ideas, and starting at such a young age is and taking action. But exactly taking yeah. action, learning. That's the number one thing you can do is investing in yourself, and then being right. Okay. I've got the courage now. I've got the confidence. I've got the knowledge. Let's. I'm going to yeah. push it now and take action. And Put I'm going to click to on that link. I'm going to enter that competition, and I'm just going to see where it goes. I know there's, there's a lot out no there at loss. the moment. Yeah, there's actually yeah, no, no loss, loss to doing it, yeah. unless unless there's a like a a yeah. uh, fee, fee to enter. But <laughs> most is, of the time there isn't. <laughs> but I mean, Connor, if I asked you, okay, right, let's. I mean, this is a hypothetical. Sure. You have to pay fifty quid to go to London, uh-huh. and you meet the head of IT at one of the biggest firms mm-hmm. and you've got his contact and you meet loads of people and you have the opportunity to present, would you pay 50 quid? 100%. It's right. an intangible uh, asset, this yeah. networking side of things. Um, I mean, what else are you going to do with that 50 pounds? Exactly. You spend pocket? it at the pub or whatever. Like, exactly. No yeah. Inflation yeah, yeah. makes it worthless. Inflation, yeah. <laughs> Two weeks time, it's going to be 20 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. So yeah, it's an intangible asset. And honestly, the amount of connection I've got on LinkedIn and that's, help me then go in uh, applying for placements etc and getting just knowledge in the field so yeah you, there's literally most of the time no loss especially with big companies they're all funded yeah. for they're all, uh, i've they're never all. had to i've never had to pay oh actually i had to pay once for the insta- institution of chartered accountants england and wales they had a competition match, i think six pounds but oh, I, just came, okay. came, I came third place and got uh 100 pounds yeah using my investment appraisal tools <laughs> no but that's amazing connor so um yeah no thank you for having you on i mean it's, it's been interesting to get an insight into competitions with pitch decks yeah. um and obviously you need to take action just get yourself out there give it a go um, use our agenda to support you. You know, if you've made a pitch deck and put it in the in the chat or in the forum pages, you know, I'd happily have a look at it. I'm sure Connor would. Oh as well. yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, Just the, if, the if you're too shy as well. Oh yeah, the entrepreneur section. Yeah, and if you're too shy to do that, then you know, my, I think my email's on the website somewhere, and I'm more than happy yeah. to, to help you out. And and Connor, I'm sure you'd be as well. Of course, yeah. Um, I think your LinkedIn's at the bottom of the page. LinkedIn's at the um, bottom of the page. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, to get yourself out over. there. Mm. amazing um so yeah so thank you connor i think next week uh, i'll be with brandon we're going to be talking about some market stuff there some finance sort of investment yeah. side yeah um but yeah so keep learning get earning thank you for listening